a too-good-to-believe mortgage or something like that, or uh, <laughs> recently maybe bitcoins. But anyway, whatever it is, it's some kind of candy. And then in the case of consumer internet stuff, it's like free services, free social networking or whatever. And then what happens is you start giving over your information to these parties who use it to calculate wealth out of the world, and they are so good at it that they actually undermine the world in which their wealth even makes sense. And that's called too big to fail. Play this out in in more consumer-oriented terms. For instance, you point out this sort of astonishing discrepancy. When we used to have big companies like Kodak versus little tiny companies that may be worth more but are, you know, have tiny numbers of employees. Right. So what's happened now is that we've taken what used to be really huge industries in terms of middle-class jobs like music and photography and this thing you might have heard of called journalism. And <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that. And what's happened is we've replaced an old system in which there were many hundreds of thousands of solid middle-class jobs with security and the potential for retirement and a safety cushion and all of those good things. And we've replaced them with a system in which there's early treats, there's a really easier on-ramp in this illusion of sort of equity and, and access for everybody. Well, it's more than illusion. The, the early treats can sometimes be very real. But the problem with it is that there's only a token number of success stories, a tiny token number of people who have successful YouTube videos or something like that. And everyone else lives on hope. It's a revival of the old Horatio Alger stories from the 19th century. And this economy of most people sort of scrambling for hope with a tiny number of token winners of sort of princes or the very special unusual people instead of a real middle class is no way to run a civilization. You know, you can't have a democracy that way. A democracy totally relies on people broadly being able to outspend the tip of, of elites, you know, and, and we lose that in, in that world. And it's only starting. I mean, the really big thing happens when the cars are driving themselves and robots are operating the factories or objects are being printed out for us by 3D printers. As the century progresses, in a couple decades from now, perhaps, we're going to start to lose a lot of middle-class jobs. And the thing about that is that all that stuff still runs on information. Somebody's going to design the objects that are printed out by 3D printers. But if we keep on doing things the way we are, all the money's going to accrue to whatever big computer is routing the information and only tiny token number of people will actually benefit from the system themselves and everyone else will live on hope. And that leads us to nowhere. It leads us to a failed economy. Mm. It sounds like the underlying issue is that we've created a world in which humans seem to be becoming less and less useful. Machines are increasingly better at creating value than people are. And yet, what you're pointing out is that that's an illusion. Of course they're not. We've just created this kind of giant shell game in which we're we're not valuing the human part of the input. Exactly. That's precisely what's going on. We're creating a theatrical illusion in which we're pretending that value isn't coming from people in order to support the fantasy of artificial intelligence on a network doing work, which is not real at all. But what it does do is it concentrates huge fortunes with the people who own this illusion. Right. Well, you've proposed that we, as part of beginning to craft a solution, something you call a humanistic information economy. What is that? 
Well, this goes back to the very origin of the whole idea of connecting people on a digital network. What's interesting is that the very first generation of ideas were exactly what I'm proposing. So I'm not really proposing something radically new, but in a way going back to where we started. So back in 1960, the first ideas about how to connect people on digital networks were articulated, and the fellow who did it was named Ted Nelson. He's actually still with us, and he's still named Ted Nelson. <laughs> and Ted's idea is simple. His parents were Hollywood parents, and he'd seen directly how the labor movement had created a possibility for actors and musicians in Hollywood to find some sense of security, even in a business that was very kind of chancy and, and where you lived gig to gig. And he realized that someday, as automation got really good and machines got better and better, we'd move into an information economy and everybody would be living a life that's kind of like what a Hollywood actor or musician was living, and everybody would need the same kind of benefits. Everybody who's a truck driver now or a miner or a teacher or a doctor or a nurse or anybody at all was going to be in the same boat. And he saw that there was a kind of simple solution, actually. And the solution is to always keep track of where information comes from on a network. And if you have a link back to whoever was the source of information that's useful later, you can send them a micropayment.